ATL Day Ones, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta. And it starts now. It is ATL Day Ones. I am Jarvis. That is Tanitra. Woo! It is hump day in the building today, Tanitra. Yes. I don't know about yes. you, but this is something that I am so excited about. But you know, I gotta I gotta say what I'm really, 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 really excited about. Okay. We are almost at a thousand subscribers Yay. to Locked On Sports Atlanta. We wanna thank y'all for riding with us we are going on for a long ride because we are not going anywhere anytime soon at least yep. to my knowledge <laughs> so we well, want to thank us. you for we want to thank you for if you have not subscribed go ahead and get become the thousand subscriber yeah you know you might get a prize you never know you, you know we got a little change around here now you know what i'm saying oh i just got a handshake and a hug <laughs> i love it i love it I love it. Tanisha keeps with the buck on this show. That's what we do. And we want to thank you for making ATL Day 1s your first listen each and every day. We are on Monday through Friday, so don't miss us. If you miss a day, you missed a lot. If you have, if you missed it, make sure you catch up. And we are free and available wherever you download your podcast. T, Falcons head coach Arthur Smith told Falcons Radio Network yesterday that uh, they're going to coach with a chip on their shoulder. Yes. We're trying to figure out what the hell does that mean? Um, what what um status does Nate McMillan sh- should he have? What kind of status? Where should he be currently staying with the Hawks organization? Mm-hmm. And then for the culture, Tanitra and I can't stand a damn thief. But we, before we get there, T, we got to start with the Atlanta Falcons. Like yeah. I mentioned, um, Arthur Smith. Got a chance to talk to Falcons Radio Network. A lot mm-hmm. of good Jews, a lot of good nuggets. Um, mm-hmm. He was talking about how the main thing for them is, I believe that they want to establish an identity this year. Um, they had to kind of parse through the roster in their first year. There were some guys that they probably had on the roster that they couldn't do anything with. And mm-hmm. and that's, you know, they want to get some of their guys in there. We saw that. Sure. You know, with guys like Rashawn Evans and mm-hmm. Marcus Mariota being brought in because they those are the type of guys they feel that they can help build this culture, right? Mm-hmm. And I was with Arthur Smith then. Then he started to say that we want players to play with a chip on the shoulder. I totally mm-hmm. get that edict, right? Mm-hmm. But what the hell does he mean when he says – they're going to coach with a chip on the shoulder. Like, can you help me out with that one? Hey, help, help, help me out because, you know, you know, I know football, but, you know, sometimes I need to lean on you to kind of just break it down for me and then we can have a conversation about it. For me, that harken back to the comments that have been consistent across the offseason, which is this is not a rebuild. So that to me says we're, we have a chip. reconstruction on this exactly. show. <laughs> right, right. Or, or like I've been saying, the Falcons are about that building life. That's what I'm going to call it now. Instead of <laughs> okay. about rebuild, about that building life. And Indeed. what I believe Arthur Smith is trying to say is that those that coaching staff is coming into this season with something to prove because they want to prove to themselves and mm-hmm. to everybody else who's scratching their heads and still calling this a rebuild or reconstruction or whatever term you want to use, they want you to know that that's not what it means to them. 
and they want you to know that they are putting they have been putting pieces in place in Flowery Branch, whether that's through the offseason and free agency or through the draft to compete. So when I heard him say that he was going to have a chip on his shoulder as a coach, his staff would have one and the players, I was like, bet. That's consistent with what you've been saying, that we're going to play with some edge. We're going to play like every game. All 17 of these games are meaningful to us, and we're going to compete like we're going onto that field every game, believing that we can win. You know what? And and I think that, like you said, the message has been consistent. And mm-hmm. that, and that's the thing that – that's the only thing you would ask for when you're talking about a rebuild, reconstruction, building life, whatever you want to refer to it as. You need some consistency, right? And I like the word that you use, edge. They need consistent players coming off the edge and rushing the passer. They need guys that can consistently block on us weekly basis for their quarterback so he won't die at the end of the 17 games yeah. <laughs> you know they and i go that. back to something that you just said as well just wanted to throw that nugget in while it's on my mind mm-hmm. and that's going back from getting away from slogans but being about that real talk so not yeah. talking about fast and physical just as a slogan but he's talking about big like fast and physical like no i'm going out and give me some big guns so when i go out and get a receiver i'm gonna go get somebody like drake london or like you said when i go out and get somebody to shore things up i'm gonna go out and get arno evacati i'm going out to get the kind of prototypical player that's not going to just be about a slogan but Mm -hmm. that i've actually shown to have had success with in uh, past iterations and you know what and i think that you bring Drake London is the perfect example of, you know, having a chip on his shoulder, right? Because everybody's told him he's too slow and, you know, he he's a four seven guy, you know, mm-hmm. and, you know, you can tell like he has like a feel like he has something to prove because, you know, he's not like Julio Jones. Julio Jones, like everybody, okay, yeah, he's going to be the GOAT as soon as right. it's day from day one. You know, of course, there's a high expectations, but he, he Kyle Pitts, you know, that's a, that's a unicorn. You know, he's yes. going to come in and do his thing. Drake London comes in, uh, 6'4", 219, you know, has the most um, contested catches in, in college football by a long shot. Uh, you're too slow. You can't separate. So right. I, I think that, you know, there and Tyler Algier, you know, uh, out of BYU, the running back out of BYU, he has a chip on his shoulder. You know, he's mm-hmm. changed positions and, oh, like, this dude doesn't have a position. And then Troy Anderson, it just – if you're looking at this draft class, it just seems like that was the mold that they wanted to yes. continue to just build. Not only build, but kind of break out, right? Mm-hmm. This is how they're going to build their culture with guys who have something to prove. And and I think that they kind of move, moves into – what I, you know, wanted to kind of touch on, like we know there were a lot of questions last year with Kyle Pitts and mm-hmm. whether or not he should have been drafted with the fourth overall pick. I know I questioned it a lot because, you know, given like we talked about edge and rushing the pass and all that stuff yeah. and blocking for that guy, you mm-hmm. know, I was like, okay, y'all have pressing more pressing needs. Mm-hmm. However, um, Kyle Pitts went on to break the rookie Falcons receiving record, you know, and, and, and he justified that pick for um Terry Fondo, you know, saying, okay, we understand. After the season, we were like, okay, I understand why you got Kyle Pitts. That's, got, that's a guy that's going to be able to make some plays for you and do mm-hmm. his thing. My question to you is, who could be that Kyle Pitts player this year? The guy who you look at it at the end of the season and say, you know what? I understand why uh Terry Fondo drafted this dude. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. 
I'm gonna stick with who I've been. What what is that? What is that phrase, Jarvis? Whatever you got to the dance with, stick with what got you to the dance or whatever. Yes, no doubt. Yeah, uh huh. I got you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Me and AK. That's that's, oh, that's my new AK yeah, That's my nice. that's my new BFF. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> you yeah yeah. That that's gonna be my dude. I'm riding with him because okay, Jarvis. All of us have been talking about over and over again how the Falcons should get this help on defense. The Falcons should do this about, you know, edge rusher and, and affecting the quarterback and and getting Grady, not just, you know, the 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 um in, the interior line, but just getting Grady some help on defense overall in terms of him being the leader of that core, right? right. All right, well, then there's your help. There's your yeah. help. And that takes nothing away from the other players that were uh, not just like a Troy Anderson or anyone else who was um, uh, drafted, if you will, or even your undrafted free agents and even your free, your free agents. I'm taking nothing away. I am hoping we can get some good things out of even a Lorenzo Carter. We haven't, you know, really spoken a lot about him, but hopefully, yes. but who I'm looking forward to getting something out of is him because I'm yes. like, you know what? Everybody's been asking and Terry Fontenot finally gave us maybe not in the first round, but finally gave folks what they wanted to see in the second and later rounds. So I am so hoping that he's going to, I'm hoping he's going to show and prove. That's who I'm going to have my eye on when you and I head to Flowery Branch, hopefully this Saturday to take a look at those guys for rookie minicamp. I'm going to have my eye on him from day one and just keep watching and keep hoping that he's going to be the truth. Yeah, I, I think that that is an excellent pick. And I actually thought about my guy, but I want to kind of go dig, dig a little bit because I know that both of us really were a big, high, pretty high on on Ebiketti, right? Yes. I'm gonna go into D'Angelo Malone. You yeah. know, D'Angelo yeah. Malone out of West Kentucky, like, right? Like Leading all-time sack leader at West Kentucky, and mm-hmm. and here not necessarily because he has the an amazing skill set, right? But I think he he's gonna be able to get that immediate production because of the role he's going to be in and i think he's going to the fact that he's going to be able to be in a role where he's going to be a specialist he's going to be able to come in on third downs i believe dean pierce is going to utilize him in that manner because i think on advocate is probably going to be the starter at outside linebacker and you know Playing that many amount, that many snaps as a rookie, mm-hmm. it's going to take some time for him to kind of get uh, educated. That is to get adjusted sure. to being out there for so many plays and, and know when to pick and choose his spots to, you know, from a pass rushing standpoint. But mm-hmm. I think D'Angelo Malone is going to come in and just like, Pease is going to be like, "Hey, Malone, go get the quarterback. Yeah, <laughs> I don't want you to worry about nothing else." Yep. And I think I think uh, Pease is a guy that I think that can. To utilize guys and maximize guys' potential, and I think Malone is probably going to be the guy that's going to have the most opportunity to make an impact in his rookie season. Now, last night the Braves we talked about at the end of the uh, last yesterday's show that, about how we wanted, a, we were hoping for a Braves win. Uh, they did not get that. Um, they lost to a team that was eight games under five hundred, and yeah, that was just how it went down. They lose nine to four. Uh, to the Boston Red Sox. And I think one of the things that, you know, I think is a positive for me, mm-hmm. T, is that even though Cal P- – I mean Cal Pitts – Cal Wright gave up uh, six runs in the second inning, mm-hmm. they, the, the Red Sox basically blew open the doors, the grand slam by Devers and all that good stuff. Um, I think the fact that he would go four and two-thirds 
without giving up any more runs, I think that was the big positive because, you know, a lot, oftentimes in the past, Kyle Wright has been a guy like, if he struggled like that, Snicker would have pulled him out. Yeah. But he yeah. stuck with him and allowed Kyle Wright to figure it out. And I think that's one thing that, you know, Kyle talked about after the game and how this was something that, you know, that was good for him because he was able to work through it. And I think that's going to be the big key for his development going forward. Yeah, because that's what you need to do for him in the beginning of a season so that when you need him towards the end of the season or yes. even in the postseason, he's already gotten some of those kinks out, whether that's, those are mental kinks or physical kinks. And for me, the positive that came out of that game was Travis Darno. I mean, just what Travis Darno has been able to do, hitting that two-run home run to say, wait, wait, I know you were up 6 nothing, but we got a little something for you, even though the offense never quite caught up the rest of the way. But he put the Braves in position where they felt like they could do it. Ninth multi-hit game of the season. Only two other catchers in the entire league are doing the same thing that Travis Darno is doing. And when you look at what he was able to do, or even Matt Olson with his 13th double-double, or his 13th double, if you will, I will look at it from the perspective of, okay, that now at least gives Brian Sticker some pause and some opportunity to say, Hmm, I've been known to do some lineup shakeups in the past, some some shakeups in that batting order. Maybe it's time for me to give another look at who should be in that cleanup spot. Because even with Marcelo Zuna, obviously a sack fly there last night to get a run on the board, taking nothing away from that. But that was not really the offensive power that we were looking for from him. So maybe what we saw last night and what we've been seeing really the last couple of weeks will give Snit some pause. Interested to see two things. Number one, what that lineup looks like, the batting order looks like for tonight. And mm -hmm. the little look like a would-be tweak on Ronald Acuna Jr. Do we see him back-to-back -back games or does he get that, that day off? Yeah, that, that definitely going to always. It seems like I'm, I'm really tired of right now Ronald Acuna being on some type of, I guess, pitch count, so to speak. I'm going to use my air quotes for a pitch count. Um, I, I think it's, it's time for him to just – just let him play. Let's let the young man play. Listen to him. I know you understand. You got a plan for him, and y'all listen to the trainers and everything. He had a little bit of a scare last night, but, you know, he ended up being fine uh, going forward. I, I, I think if we can just not have to worry about whether or not Ron, Ron Nephew is going to be in the lineup or not, I think that will be great. And we'll see what Ian Anderson can do this evening. Um, with first pitch being at uh, 720. Um, tonight at Truist Park. Coming up next, though, I think Nate McMillan has a certain status with this team. We'll discuss that next right here on ATL Day 1s with Jarvis and Tanitra, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta. Welcome back to ATL Day 1s. I am Tanitra. This is Jarvis, and we appreciate you guys for rocking with us. What's good, Atlanta? Obviously, not my voice these days with this allergy issue that I'm dealing with. So, you guys, be patient with me, but I know you guys are dealing with it as well. Cray, cray weather here in Atlanta, but you know what? It doesn't matter because as long as you guys rock with us, we are all good. And you have been because we're almost up to a thousand subscribers. We appreciate you hitting the subscribe button. We keep telling others to hit that button as well. Go to YouTube, put a like on our page, comment, and get us over a thousand. Like I said, handshake and a hug on deck if that's what you do. Also, <laughs> anywhere you check out your podcast, audio wise please do check us out there as well because we are every every everywhere you know what a lot of people are saying too jarvis hawks are everywhere mm -hmm. all mm -hmm. over the place just in terms of knowing a lot of chatter 
Exactly. A lot mm -hmm. of commentary just in terms of knowing where they're going to go this offseason. And really, that's top to bottom. You and I have started off talking about where they potentially will go player wise, but there's a lot of commentary on where they're going to go as far as coaching and as far as the front office as well. So we know that recently Tony Ressler made statements where he did give a vote of confidence actually to both Nate McMillan and Travis Schlink, but also acknowledged that he felt like they both underperformed. So I want to start with a basic, but kind of a deep dive question because you know, we deep dive in our second segment. Nate McMillan started off in an interim space, right? Mm -hmm. Then he moves into head coaching in a full-time space with this entire season. I think it's safe to say that we would agree that we wouldn't have called this season a success per se, but my question is, as you kind of look big picture and then we'll drill it down even more, well, what does success look like in your opinion for maybe Tony Wrestler? What does success look like for you? What do we, what do you, them, him, we all need to see out of him for him to stay with this organization past next season? You know what? I think the main thing is for them, is, for Nate McMillan is they, I think success looks like getting out of the first round of the playoffs. I, I think hovering around that fourth or fifth seed, you yeah, know, maybe yeah. even, you know, at the lowest six, stay out of the play-in round Got because it. that is that is too nerve-wracking. You know, you can't make plans to, you know, have ticket sales and all that stuff. And not to say that Tony Wrestler is focused – solely on the money right? right we all know where he is where he stands mm -hmm. financially like hey if it makes sense do it you know that's sure. kind of where he is and and I, I love that mentality as an owner but I, I do think that it is no secret that you know NBA teams they they add on to the end of that end of that year the end of the year budget when when they make it into the playoffs and have right. those you know at least guaranteed three home games or four home games depending on your record yeah, and how, that, how how you fall as far as the rankings, but I, I think that that's the main thing. I think Nate McMillan has to with this new roster, like we talked about, the changes that need to be, yes. be need to be made. We'll 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 know um, pretty soon once the draft rolls around whether or not they watch the show and pay attention to us and what they got going on. We know they do, but, you know, it, it's good to get that that confirmation, you yeah. know, um, when they copycat, you know, what, what we talked about, you know, doing um, on yesterday. But I think that what, right now, though, the, the main thing is they have to, you know, get out of that first round, mm -hmm. stay away from that play-in tournament. Sure. And I think that some of the adjustments that they had to make in the playoff series against the Heat, right? And for, for one prime example, getting Trey comfortable playing off the ball. I think if Nate can work with him this summer and, and, and make sure and drill down into Trey's head, like, hey, this is what you need to work on. Give him a plan. And maybe even Trey even mentions that. If Trey can outwardly give Nate McMillan a vote of confidence, if your superstar is vouching for you, that's how you know for sure you're going to stick around because we know how the NBA rolls today. You're like, if you ain't got no superstar, you ain't got nothing. And if your superstar isn't happy, you ain't got nothing either. So, but it, so if you have your superstar vouching publicly for your for your head coach I think that that'll be that'll pretty much guarantee you around at least for in the next few years yeah and the higher seed you can get there are so many positives to that obviously mm -hmm. from an injury perspective 
fewer games, yeah. fewer opportunities to have players go down with injury because you think about the fact, not that Clint Capella wouldn't maybe gone down in a heat series or even a second round series, but to see him go down in a play-in game, it, all, it makes you at least think about what could have been in terms of possibly stretching the, the series against the Heat. The other piece there is this talking, going back to what you're saying about Nate McMillan and where he stands and what the potential could be for him. I go back to what I said as well, in that he was an interim coach yep. who then came in and took the team on a run. But when he came in, before he was the interim coach, he came in as, we'll call it a consultant to really add some depth and some breadth and some experience to Lloyd Pierce's. We all knew what it was, though. They can call him a consultant. Yes. We knew what it was. Yeah, the rest Just of the Break a case of emergency. I think you just tapped into your replacement. So it really begs the question of this, because I believe everybody also would collectively agree that Travis Schlink, and Nate McMillan are on the veritable hot seat, if you will. Mm -hmm. So if Nate McMillan is on the hot seat and the organization has kind of hinted at the possibility of, we'll say, adding or changing staff, is that something that he needs to kind of look over his shoulder and look to see, oh my, is the replacement going to be replaced by that guy? Yeah, I, I think Nate needs to understand where he is, right? And like you said, I think you need to get your superstar on board. I'll go back to that. Get your superstar on board with you by coming up with a plan on how he can get better. And I, and I think that he needs to look at it as an opportunity if they're going to bring on an assistant coach because there are times where you're going to miss things. And we pointed it out during the Heat series, right? You know, the Heat series was something that kind of just exposed the Hawks. That was the um, um, uh, a southern exposure or the beach exposure, so to speak, you know, uh, with, with what's going on or what's going wrong with this team. And when you have, you know, those assistants and they're not necessarily paying attention to the, the little things because, mm -hmm. you know, you have a lot going on when you're the head coach. You're worried about when to take timeouts or when to not take timeouts or you, you're yeah. trying to figure out what's going on. You're trying to get the play the next play or or you're trying to call plays from the sidelines and, hey, Trey, you need to do this or do that or whatever. And you're trying to make sure those guys are coming to play defense and all that good stuff. So you need a, a good assistant coach, some guy, a guy with some experience that can point some things out to be your help meet, as so to speak. And and I think that he shouldn't look at as it and be concerned. I think he should look at like, as an opportunity to say, you know what, I know what it is. I've been here before. I've been fired before. I get it. Yeah. But I know that in order for me to be successful, I probably do need somebody that not necessarily is my guy, but he right. has that experience and that eye to be able to pay attention to the little things that can help me out and help the team out as from a success standpoint. Yeah, and hopefully that lobbying has started now because you make a great point for Trey Young. It'll be important for him not to just be in lockstep with Nate McMillan and really kind of co-sign and support some things that he's doing, but really to go after some of these uh, high-end free agents and even some players who potentially would come to the Hawks through a blockbuster trade because now that Atlanta has become a destination of sorts for free agents or for those top tier players, 
hopefully Trey has already started getting on the horn and telling people and telling players about what an amazing opportunity it would be to hey, come big here head. <laughs> Atlanta. But another thing that is not so amazing about Atlanta is when somebody gets got, especially someone who is a pillar of the community, someone who did everything he could during the time that he was here as a player, and now he moves on to greener pastures, and you want to try to get him before he moves on? <laughs> Jarvis and I are not pleased. And we'll talk about it in For the Culture on the other side. It's ATL Day Ones. See you on the other side in a minute. It is ATL Day Ones, final segment of ATL Day Ones. We thank you for riding with us throughout the entire show. And if you didn't know, We've been celebrating, almost being right on the cusp of a thousand subscribers. We appreciate you for the people who have already subscribed. And if you haven't, where the hell you been? Like, come on, <laughs> stop playing around and go ahead and hit that subscribe button. We are free on YouTube and available wherever yes. you download your podcast. And we are on this thing each and every day. Just go to YouTube and type in Locked On Sports Atlanta, and yes. all of us going to pop up. You know who is all of us? <laughs> if you don't know who all of us is, that means ATL Day Ones, Jarvis Tanisha, yeah. and my main man, John Chuckery, hitting you hard each and every day, knocking you right upside the head, and A to Z with Mark Zeno, the man who has the, all of the hottest takes just <laughs> for you. This is For the Culture, where is the intersection between sports, entertainment, and the culture and sometimes it's just stuff that we just want to talk about and that's just how it's going to get down because that we do what we like to do on this show yeah. now you know if you've been rocking with us for the entire show mm -hmm. um i talked about how tanisha and i cannot stand the damn thief and i have to say it like that each and every time because i just can't stand a damn thief yeah. um now baltimore ravens running back mike davis um tweeted out that he was burglarized on Saturday. Say there were two guys. He was actually this is probably the, the probably the scariest part. Mm -hmm. You know, he got a notification that you know um, for the security system that some people were in his home and and there the guys had on gray hoodies and it was two gentlemen that that walked in with with guns into his home and they end up getting a hundred thousand dollars worth of jewelry. Not only that, you know. Mm -hmm. Material things can be replaced. Right. But they also got, you know, uh, a pair of custom cleats that yeah. that were made to honor his father who died of cancer back in 2019. Yeah. yeah. And to just think about if I'm if I'm a thief, like why would I take something like that? Right. Like what are you gonna do? What can you do with those cleats? Right. But but before we get that, to that part, I. I just don't like people who take stuff from folks. T, I just don't do it. I just can't. I don't have any good, anything positive to say about people who just take from folks. And I, because, you know, the Mike Davis has carved out a, a solid career for himself, yes. you know, in the NFL. And like you said, and he's from Atlanta. Yeah. And for, for him, for him to get, you know, got like that, I just, it just, I, I'm just, I want to punch somebody in the face. I'm sorry. Yeah, I hate to put exactly. it like that. Yeah, because literally, no, that, that's how I feel too. I just want to take take those two and just, because yeah. Mike Davis is somebody who is a man of the year candidate in the NFL. That counts for something. That talks about the fact that you went above and beyond on your team 
of a 53-person roster and you were the guy who that team said you went above and beyond to give back to your community. And that's something that he's done consistently and done with joy. I mean, we both right. interviewed and when he speaks about giving back, he it, it he is lights up, yeah. Right, exactly. He lights up. So why do you take away from the person who's given? And then some may say, well, I mean, they didn't really, they may not have known it was Mike Davis's house. True. I will give you that. If if that's your argument, meaning we know it's Mike Davis and we're like, dang, how are you gonna do that to Mike Davis? Well, here's a news flash. You don't do that to anybody because whomever that person is, whether that's Mike Davis, the NFL star running back, or whether that's Mike Davis who goes to a nine to five every day, both of those Mike Davises work for their money. Very hard. Yes. Yeah, they work for what they got. You need to go work for what you want. Whatever it is that you want, you want $100,000 in jewelry, go work for it. You want some uh, custom-made cleats, go work for it. There, there's a way to do that. And listen, I know people get in a bind and people get panicky and they're like, I just need to maybe put food on the table for my children or I need to put a roof over their heads. I get that. But guess what? Here's a newsflash. There are organizations out there that can help you through this. If you are having a tough time, there are a lot of people in this pandemic who are still reeling from all of the jobs that were lost or jobs that were furloughed or pay cuts, what have you. And they don't make it a point to go run out and take from somebody else just because they don't have. Come up with a plan, get yours through the work that you're supposed to do, or just be okay with the fact that you don't have. Okay? Yeah. And and you know what? And I think that the people that you're talking about, those are I think those are the people that, you know, we've heard about maybe stealing the gallon of milk or something like that, you know, because they, yeah. they can't afford certain things. But these mofos running up in somebody's house with hoodies on pistols drawn and all this stuff they know exactly what the hell they doing that's why i say i hope they catch they behind because y'all almost made me cuss on this doggone show i i hope they catch their butts and i just like i don't even want them to lock them up like i want them to take them over to to the west side of atlanta where mike davis is from yeah and you know you know you know he got you know he got some he got some cousins that they might may or may not be named pookie and you know we're gonna we want to let Pookie deal with them. We won't let Fulton County deal with them or right. Cobb County Police. We want to let Pookie deal with them first, and then yeah. you go ahead and handle yeah. the whole legal situation. Because right. you know what, <laughs> you just need to, you just deserve to be embarrassed. You because did. that is ridiculous, absolutely yeah. ridiculous for you to do some stuff like you that. Not just like the, these. And the block needs to get at you. Yeah, yeah, the block. That's it. That's it. Perfect. You said you always have the right words to say, you, you know, in, in every moment. I always appreciate you for that, T. Yeah, yeah the block need to see, what's talk, see what you're talking about. See what yeah. that block talking about, and you up here running up in somebody's house. Man, I smack. Woo! Boy, I, boy, yeah, you, I just want to. I, I need some baby powder because I just want to yeah. slap somebody right now. Right. And also, you think I think about it from your perspective of being a father and a husband. I think about it from my perspective of having my nephews with me from time to time. And the fact that thankfully no one was injured or, right. or harmed in any way, shape or, shape or form, but my mind can't help but go to that because you came yeah. in that man's what home if? with mm -hmm. guns ready to blaze. And mm -hmm. what if, like you said, what if it had come to that? What if Mike Davis had doubled back and gone home before he was able to see that he had intruders? Or what if his wife was home or just anybody because he's Come from on, the area. his mom might have a key to his home and may have just decided to pop by anything can happen 
But that is why, that's why we're so incensed as well, because our minds don't just go to what happened, but also to what could what if? Yeah. have happened. And it's yeah. very, very difficult when you think about this day and age, especially with all this rampant crime that we got going on in the city, for you to just roll up on somebody's house like that and think that we're going to think it's okay, because it's not. In no way, shape, or form is it okay. And look, we can go on and on about it, because yes. as you can tell, this may be one of our number one co-pet peeves ever. So yeah, yes. when the block gets you, the two of us, we're going to be watching because we want to see what the block's going to do to you. But and get, we'll also be looking and they ain't going to call the police either. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. well, don't even worry about this. They got you. Because yeah. they got you over here. You don't even have to worry about all that. But we also hope that somebody gets back to the block and gives kind of that back on the block beat down in the form of the Braves. Hopefully they'll do it yes. in game two with Ian Anderson on the mound. We will definitely talk about it tomorrow. We're getting that much closer to many rookie camps. So more Falcons talk for you guys as well. And hopefully maybe we'll have three dubs in a row in the city because United takes on Nashville FC up in Nashville tonight as they're continuing U.S. Open Cup play. And of course, the dream home opener. I'll be checking that out live and in color at Gateway Center tonight. Dream Spark. Get them. Girls. Don't forget NFL schedule comes out tomorrow. Tomorrow, oh, yeah, because right. So we might have some peeks into it early. Yeah. But definitely we'll, we'll have, have some leaks Friday. Yeah. Yeah, we probably will have some peeks into it. And if there are, you know that Jarvis and I are gonna give you reaction to it. But not only do you stop here for your first reaction of any leaks to the NFL schedule? Make sure you stop by A to Z with Mark Zeno for his reaction as well as hitting hard with John Chuckery because you know they have thoughts thanks again for stopping by we will see you tomorrow y'all come back now you hear?